comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in the house, I returned home with only one goal, to save my city. But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. When I was a child, my planet Krypton was dying. I was sent to Earth. I work with my adoptive sister for the DEO to protect my city from alien life and anyone else that means to cause it harm. I am Supergirl. My name is Barry Allen, and I am the fastest man alive. To the outside world, I'm an ordinary forensic scientist. But secretly, with the help of my friends at Star Labs, I fight crime. I am the Flash. I'm here because the future of the world is in peril. Because of a man named Vandal Savage. I chose you eight to travel throughout time to stop them. You got the wrong guy. Hero ain't on my resume. Where I'm from, you aren't just considered heroes. You're legends. Hey, welcome to the DCTV Podcast, episode 79. Uh, where were you in 1979? Wearing bell bottoms and uh, poly- imported polyester and just going down, doing cocaine? I, I was living my last year of life as an only child because September of that year brought my first of three sisters. I think I was uh, a young Malcolm Tent carving disco sucks into records and throwing them around my backyard. That is disrespectful. Disco is a... F- is a... Anyway, welcome to the DCTV podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Seriously. This week we have, of course, in our, our entire crew of, of wonderful DCTV podcast podcasters, including the Jim Beaud herself, who's about to be on a boat, Miss Jerry yes. Atkinson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Moonlighting as the uh, ageless princess from uh, 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 Neverending Story this week, I guess, on her messenger thing. <laughs> No, that was the childlike empress. Okay, and I changed it. Now I'm I'm Jim Bayot, and I'm going to mermaid on the boat. So there will be pictures of that. You're welcome. You're going to let you mermaid on the boat. What? Yes, I'm going to mermaid because they have bo- they have pools on you know the decks of the boat. So I'm going to pool and mermaid at the same damn time. What does that mean though? What does mermaiding on a boat mean? Do you not have you not seen my footage of me swimming in a mermaid tail? I have. I have to. A- I, I may mean, have, I may I have seen. I may, I may have watched it once or a hundred times. I don't know, maybe. Oh no! The man who got kicked out of the sex club on Lucifer this week because he had one too many crantinis, Mr. Chubtoad Sheldon. I'm an addict. <laughs> oh lord! I know. Um, kids in the hall. It made me think this episode that kids in the hall had this sketch called "Girl Drink Drunk." Oh, I where this guy becomes like a like an insufferable alcoholic, but like he has to have like daiquiris and strawberry blasts and stuff. Yes. Yep. And the man who runs the diner that Jay Garrick likes to take Barry Allen to every time he likes to screw the timeline, Mister Daryl Taylor. Oh, and I smacked Barry right in the face when he Please. said something smart. Nice uh, timeline you got serious. here. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. Yeah. Smacked him. Smacked him right in the face. Yeah. Totally. Um, I, I really love that picture I posted on the DCTV podcast 
uh, Willa Holland put up of, of all them on the uh, first oh, class section great. of the plane. Yeah. You know, you know bear, um, what is it? Grant smiling right before he screws the timeline. Yep. <laughs> so it was pretty awesome. Yep. Let's let's uh, jump right in to uh, Gotham this week. Mad City colon anything for you. And uh, Oswald Cobblepot is now the mayor of Gotham. Everybody, don't you feel safer? No. Yes. He made Gotham uh, great again. Exactly. Absolutely. Oh no. As we remember from last episode, Butch is not real happy with how close Nigma is getting to Penguin, right? Yep. So Butch takes it upon himself to hire a new Red Hood gang. Damn, and the Butch. episode opens with the Red Hood gang attacking Penguin, uh, dedicating a statue of his mother, great actress Carol Kane, who now can be seen on Unbra- Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, by the way. She's hilarious. Oh, she is oh, she's great fun. on that. She's great on that show. And I kind of wish she was still on this, even though they killed off her character. Uh, yeah. Anyway. And and I get it was through his, his eyes as her son, but that was a terrible carving. <laughs> Yeah, it didn't yeah. look that good. Yeah. I no. mean, it, it looked cartoonish, and that's you know that's yeah. why no. Nick, you know, when Nigma's going on about she, yeah, you know, agreeing with him, I'm just like, yeah, be nice <laughs> because it, it it looked like one of the uh, the angels from um, Doctor Who. <laughs> it was creepy looking. It didn't look it like something creepy. that didn't be like an effigy. It did not, look, you know, no. it didn't look like the memorial. I'm like, no, just no. Sorry. But I no. thought it was a very nice sentiment for him as as her son. And it ain't like your mama died saving the city or nothing. I mean, he's very predictable, though. He's always been a mama's boy. This is I what he would do if he was given right. any power. If you want to hit him in a south spot, that's where you'd go. You're right. And they do. The Red Hoods take the head off the statue with gunfire. Although, it kind of was a giveaway that, you know, they could have easily taken out Cobblepot, but they didn't. I know, yeah. You know, it's not like, you know, totally. he, was, he was protected at all. He, they could have easily, yeah. if they wanted to, take him out. They had a clear shot. Get away, and then our next scene is Butch walking into the uh, room where the Red Hood guys are and saying, telling them how great they did. So this is Butch's gambit. He's going to get the Red Hood. Um, he's going to get Penguin all riled up about the Red Hood gang and then be the hero when he's able to stop. Them. Damn fool. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work out so well for him. It never works out that well for, for Butch. Uh, actually, Barbara and Tabitha are the first ones to figure out that Butch is the captain of the Hoods. All it takes is a few hours in the freezer for one of his employees. Exactly. Uh, I, I loved how they pulled him out of the walk-in like that. Um, and then Nigma doesn't isn't far behind. He figures it out pretty quickly too. After um, the find out the um, I, the the way I think the way Barbara put it was, how quick do you think Cobblepot's going to find out where your Red Hood gang is holed up if we have already found out? You know? mm-hmm. So Butch right. immediately goes over there, and as he's there, the Cobblepot and his boys, and there was a nice scene with Cobblepot with, with them all around a table. It's very Al Capone from uh, Untouchables, right? Right, yeah. Like, he slams the one dude into his mother's uh, statue's head. Um, Penguin's pissed, and he brings his boys with him to take take out the Red Hood gang, but Butch is already there, and he says, sorry, dudes, and takes them out fully himself with you know one time again and they all just kind of stand there they don't shoot back it's kind of funny nah and then uh uh penguin walks in and, and butch is like look boss i got him to see in here too where they're investigating enigma goes back to gcpd mm-hmm. yeah and like everybody's all creeped out and then except for lee who like decks him in the face and says that's for Kristen." she hit so him pretty awesome. hard too yeah knocks his glasses what? off it, sure I, I really appreciated the Riddler or or Ned in, in this episode, and it made me really think about his character, and now over the 
two and a third seasons we've seen so far. The, the evolution of him the whole way was very well written, very well portrayed, and okay. at every different stage of the evolution, it was the best version that character could be, I think. And I, I really, I, he is quickly becoming one of my favorite characters out of the whole show. Oh, he's been one of my favorite characters since he became a killer. Like with, I, I liked when him and Penguin had housekeeping in his little apartment and stuff. That was oh, fun. yeah, it was great. Going back to that, you know. Um, there's a nice scene with him and Lucius Fox, too, where Lucius, like, you know, remember the last time I saw you, you were trying to kill me with poison gas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And um, turns out the carpet fibers in the interior um, had potassium chloride in it, and that's how Enigma is able to put two and two together. Butch doesn't have long to bask in the glow because Enigma's, you know, quick on his tail. GCPD isn't going to waste any man hours on the this Red Hood gang, so Enigma does the sleuthing himself. And then all signs point to them and expecting to see Butch, like they knew him and trusted him. And then he finds these well-tailored suits that Butch was going to use to infiltrate Cobblepot's on the Red Hood guys to, for them to infiltrate Cobblepot's party tonight at uh, the Sirens. And then he traces those suits back to Butch's tailor. Not very good on covering your tracks there, Butch. Right. Everything kind of collides in the party episode. We have um, Jim Gordon kind of trying to reconcile what exactly his relationship is with Valerie Vale. He gives Bruce some advice at the diner that, you know, he should tell her. You know, he's like, because when you keep quiet, you know, that that's a bad thing. And I'm thinking, well, why didn't you say anything to Lee then, last episode, <laughs> if this is the advice you're going to give Bruce right. about Selena? Because you did exactly the same thing, you know. Valerie's trying to pump a tech to get information about Alice Touch's blood and what's being tested by the city. Dude tries to make some moves on her, and Gordon kind of walks in and says, uh, time to go, buddy. You know, give him a pineapple juice to go. And then uh, he, you know, he asked her, you know, is there any way to... Are you ever going to be able to separate the reporter from the woman? And she goes, can you separate the cop from the man? And no. And then they decide to have a nice dinner together because now they know where they stand. There you go. I really like this character. I do too. And I like the way they, they didn't drag out this whole thing. They just kind of, they resolved it. And they're like, look, this is who I am. This is who you are. She had a good point, though. I, I, I hate reporters usually because of stuff when they do stories like that. But I, But she did have a good point when she said, you don't stop being a cop. Mm-hmm. When you come home, so you know how do you expect me to stop being what, who I am? Right. I had to. I had to be like, damn, damn, girl, you're right. But, I had to um, hold that. Hold that. It's yeah. It's it's not easy to have professions like that. I mean, and you know, you take your work with you everywhere you go. I mean, uh-huh. I don't. I don't just stop becoming an underwear model when I come home. See, it's, I knew he was going uh, somewhere wrong. Uh, as soon as he started, it was almost, but I couldn't stop it. It was like it's a tragedy. <laughs> and <you're laughs> um, I like before I like the scene with uh, with Bruce and Gordon at the diner because Bruce can tell from the coffee cup in his apartment that he has a new lady friend. That's showing some detective skills there, Bruce. I'm saying it's about damn time, you know, he's been right. practicing. So, uh, you know, Gordon's advice is just talk to Selena, and then Bruce is like, well, why don't you do the same? And he says he's going to wait for a sign. Bruce says he's going to wait for a sign. So. That was dumb. Um, so we get to the Penguins' victory party at the Sirens. We get the very first Gotham scene ever, and I looked this up, between Cobblepot and young Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Interesting. And then, um, you know, he asks Alfred how long he has to stay. <laughs> but after a few... Uh, Congratulations to him. Bruce excuses himself to make his move on Selena. Selena's not in the mood to talk to Bruce, though. She's 
Nope. Freaked out by this tall redhead who seems to know her, but won't tell her who she is. And uh, Bruce asks Selene to go up to the roof. But it's so obvious, though. I don't know why she didn't get it. Uh, well, because this person is like 10 years older than the Ivy she knows. I would say that <laughs> right. if it was in our world, but this is a world. Right, no, you're right. You're right. Bats and, 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 and that. Seen... Daryl's right. And also, I mean, the fact that she's smarter than that. Cat is smarter than that. She would put two and two together. Oh, crap. The dude that was aging people to death got a hold of her. Yeah, I mean, I think that she would be smart enough to put two and two together because it was very obvious who she was well, stuff just, just from her in gotham like you just right. can't you can't count out anything in gotham it just that's true bruce has what, a clone i mean yeah, <laughs> yeah. well i like exactly. the scene with uh with selena and bruce on the on the roof oh yeah and selena's like is it really you and he's like yeah it is really me and she goes you are the real bruce because no one else would be this boring <laughs> and she kind of probably <laughs> she's like look i'm working i'm out of here and he finally he's like i like you as more than a friend and then Selena retorts with, have you ever thought maybe you only like me because I'm literally the only girl you know? And then um, Bruce like kind of gets a little closer to her and says, there's something between us. I know there is. You have to see that. And then Selena gets into his face and says, rule number one, don't ever tell me what I have to do. And then she kisses him. And he's, he's like, and then he's like even more confused than he was before. Yeah, this is gonna work out well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Women start conditioning and training. Oh, stop, 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 stop. Oh, I'm not. Hey, pump, I'm not pump the brakes. It. Pump the brakes. I'm not that. against it. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, you know, that's all how right, it starts. All right, you made your point, Chauvinist. Stop. Thank you. Turn the car around. Turn around. Stop. Pump the brakes. <laughs> pump the brakes and fly through the windshield on that one. <laughs> So downstairs, the uh, the battle for Penguin's right hand is kind of heating up. Yeah. Um, Tabitha reminds Butch that he owes her for not writing him out to Oswald. She's so um, cute. She looks like she actually cares a little bit about oh, Butch. Oh, yeah. I think she just wants to whip him to death. But well, that too, but that she likes to do that. So What I mean, a way to go, huh? Uh, Nick McCorner's Butch in a hallway with a gift and a proposition. He says, look. He hands Butch a pocket square, and it matches Butch's, and he tells him he knows, and the jig is up. He's like, look. Either I go tell Cobblepot that you were in charge of the Red Hood, or we kill Penguin together. Right. He sells yeah, Butch the story. He gives him a gun. He says, "Look, I'll help you get out of here if you help. Uh, if you take out Nigma." And then he takes um, Butch to the back, and uh, he's got Zaz on his side too, and they have Tabitha hostage. So they kind of kind of forcing Butch's hand one way or the other. Either damn. Either he takes out. Nick, either he takes out Cobblepot or they're going to take out Tab. He's like, you turn Zaz. I turn, and Zaz is like, duh. Yeah, I'm saying it's not like he's Mr. Loyal. So left with no other choice, Butch advances with his gun drawn and a red hood over his face. But when he pulls the trigger, the gun doesn't go off. Of course not. Why don't you check the gun? Like, no. Butch has been using guns for years. Like, when you hold a gun, even me who doesn't use guns like that, there's a weight to the bullets. Like, there's a weight to it when you a could, gun... Like, pop out the, you could pop out the chamber and look inside. So you, you, you hold the gun enough, you know that. Like, it's just... If I'm handed a gun that I didn't load, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to pull the clip and check the chamber. Right. Really quick. And and most people that know how to handle guns would do that. But I'm just saying is I'm not going to try. I don't care if it was the person I trusted the most in life. I would still check it. All right. Back in the quarter water wars, back in the day, we used to <laughs> always check guns. Right. 
Well, we went out there. Oswald, like, kind of, you know, Butch yells, you know, I gave you, he, you know, Penguin gets so mad, he's like, I gave you everything, and Butch yells back at him. Zaz shoots Butch in the back a couple times. Of course. And uh, Oswald tries to locate some, uh, he tells everything. You know, he realizes everyone's watching him, and he changes, he says, he's going to kill you too. I'm going to prosecute you. And meanwhile, Tabitha has gotten away from her captors and knifed them, made a dramatic re-entry into the commotion. Bush bum-rushes the stage and gets his hands around Nygma's neck. Oswald but knocks Butch out and cradles Nygma in his arms. I have to say also, as far as Nygma goes, this whole little manipulative plan to get Butch out in the open like that, brilliant. Masterfully done. Well, Butch is so dumb. Like he, he yeah, but still, I mean, very well done. Very well done. He falls for every damn trick. <laughs> Well, he's not known for his superior intellect. I mean, I this is a bruiser. You know, this is a blockhead. This is what you should expect from this kind of character. Damn. Butch is, Damn. A, blunt, I Butch mean, is a blunt instrument of a person. And he, he is. is. He, he does like, like a little clever. You know it's going to fail. I mean, yeah, you know. totally. Totally. Later, Oswald fusses over Nygma's injuries. And they co- are getting cozy by the fire. Nygma, and that. then he explains the necessity of the scene that Butch had to be the traitor so Oswald could be the hero again in front of the public. And uh, he, you know, it was the only way he could draw out uh, Butch's treachery. Um, also, um, as Butch is being taken to the hospital in the ambulance, Tabitha frees him. So he's back out on the loose, even though he took a couple to the back and stuff. Damn right. There's a lot of affection there between the way they uh, between uh, yes. Pot and Nigma. I, mean, I almost <clears throat> thought they were gonna kiss. <laughs> yeah, like right. When they were by the fire on the I, cozy on the couch together, they were so close. Oh, that, thought, that was I was like, I thought, oh, oh they're not gonna do it, are they? they are gonna not, happen. Not gonna oh, I thought they were going there, but nope. I mean, they leaned in. They were gonna. Man, go man, but they're bros. They're bros. Gotta hug it. Yeah, out. I don't know. I feel like I feel like there's some undertones there that they're putting there on purpose. I don't know if it's I, gonna leave anything, but right. I mean I'm yeah. with you there, but yeah. I, don't I could see Enigma race. do that to totally seduce Penguin because right. he's that conniving. Oh, totally. You know, I can see him go that route. I can see him. I I can't believe he'd actually. I don't think Enigma doesn't care about anybody. The last person he cared about was the woman that he murdered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hey, you always hurt the ones you love. Well, he did, so that's it. <laughs> that, that pretty much was the end of that with him uh, caring about anybody. So after that, he's just he's just ruthless and nigga. He just doesn't care. A couple of odds and ends. Gordon and Lee have a good, healthy conversation about you know their friend, friendly ex relationship. Yeah. Um, Barnes no longer needs his little cane anymore. After mm-hmm. he talks yeah. to, after he talks to Lee. Lee said two of the rats got increased strength and stamina and were stronger than normal rats. The third one chewed its way through five cages to kill the other two rats. So he's like a two-thirds chance of uh, you know being strong or one-third chance of being homicidal lunatic. Gee, it's got them. I wonder which will happen. Huh. And then the very last scene of the episode has Jervis. He's captured some poor woman. He has her dressed up like Alice. And... Uh, Kills her at a tea party, and then he writes uh, a letter to Jim Gordon in the woman's blood. Evil bastard. Yeah. And that's Gotham for this week. I really like this portrayal of this character a lot. What are letter grades this week, guys? I, uh, um, A. I'll give it a B minus. I, I give it an A minus. I, I really... <laughs> 
there was some things with the whole Ivy stuff that I wish would have played out a little differently. But um, other than that, I have to say that, I mean, everything with Nygma, all of the, the twists and turns throughout that one episode, it was full of a lot. I mean, there was a lot going on, and it was well done. So, yeah, I'm I, A-. minus. I'll give it a straight A. I enjoyed it a lot. I thought this was really cool. I love the way Nygma's playing everybody to get to where he wants to be with Cobblepot. Um, I like the I like the fact we saw Zaz again. That's good continuity. Um, I just I liked it overall. I thought it was really good. There was a nice I liked the progression with Jim Gordon and, and Valerie Vale. Uh, I liked everything about this. So, and and the thing with Bruce and Selena has been a long time coming. So mm-hmm. I'm glad they finally dealt with that. So I give it a straight up A. I thought I liked it a lot. Yep. Let's go to Lucifer, uh, season two, episode. four. For Lady Parts. Best episode of the season. <laughs> oh, oh, dude. I concur. So I agree. This episode's like all about... Keeping the theme of distraction here. Lucifer has his first cell phone, and he's trying to keep himself distracted from uh, what's actually going on with his mom. Just like me. That reminded me so much of when my mother got her first smartphone, who... It just, I can do, look at this. It's so much fun. It's like a little computer. Cedro in this episode uh, are some girls from Nebraska who show up dead, oh. poisoned by Mandrake. Damn. Which is a, a tough way to go because you basically puke your own guts out. I know. That's, that's going to happen to me on the boat, I think. Pretty sure. That's going to happen. Is that mermaid, yeah. mermaiden and Dramamine, Jerry. Dramamine. Oh, no, I got the patch. I got a patch. Uh, yeah, and that was oh. name. Not the pill. Make sure you get the patch put behind your ear. Yeah, I- Every time. Yep, I got it. I got get it. The, get got the it. pill and the patch. Yeah, I'll, never forget, I'll never forget the first time I went to Alaska and I was on the ferry and we were riding up to Ketchikan and like all these guys were like, yeah, we're going to go work the salmon season. We're going to work the salmon boats, blah, 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 blah. And we're on like the most calm inside passage water possible and they're all puking their guts out. Oh. Yeah. I've never been. Like, yeah, uh, like you're going to be on a rough seat. Right. <laughs> yeah, I want to check it. And it's hurricane season, so I need to be sure that I'm not going to be puking my guts out for real. Yeah, uh, you know what? Yeah. The first girl they find in the woods beneath uh, uh, Griffith Observatory, uh, they find out she got a ride from an Uber driver, but the Uber driver was the last one to see her alive, and he let him out because they were they were getting sick in his car, and he went to deal with it. Um, then we get our only scene this week with Mum, with Maze checking in on uh, on uh, Mum, Charlotte, whatever you want to call her, Lucifer's mom, and. Uh, She's not real happy being a suburban, uh, um, you know, power power was a wife. But I like yeah. how she shuts her husband up, though. Yeah, <laughs> she says, <laughs> she says, my my husband starts talking, and I find out if I give him sex, it makes him totally mute. So, yeah. <laughs> and I like the line about how they keep on going on and on about something called gluten. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make sense to us either. I work yeah. with a lady that has quote celiac disease. Unquote. Right, that is literally gluten. Uh, and yeah. just everything gluten, 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 and yeah. it drives me bananas. Everybody I, has I, that disease now. I actually right. took a clip of that off and and sent it to her last night because I was like, oh, God. <laughs> next time she mentions it, tell her to give you a note from her doctor. I don't. Put- <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, you hear it a lot at Gypsy love- Cafe too. Oh my goodness! I, I love though when the the first scene with her when she's going out, I, I guess a casserole or whatever it was pitch black and dumping it into the trash. I'm like, yep, she needs some serious cooking lessons. Well, I liked I liked when you know when she tells me she's liber- literally in uh, it's like she's living, forgive the pun, in hell. 
Yeah. Right? Uh, they then, then go to Ella, the uh, medical examiner, who's fast becoming my favorite supporting character on the show. Yes. For uh, sure. See, it's it funny. turns out the, uh, the liquid nitrogen that they found uh, in their stomachs is supposed to be supposedly from this um, restaurant with a, called Ellipsis. Uh, the food is supposed to be amaze balls, according to Ella. <laughs> um, they go to the chef's house to talk to him, and he comes out in a bloody apron with a knife and says, get the hell off my property. And Chloe's about to go for a gun, but then it turns out he's just making artisanal sausage because he's very, uh, you know, farm-to-table type guy. He's making his own sausage and stuff. And he likes to share his sausage, too, with too many yes, people. Yes, he does, with a lot of the waitresses. Because mm-hmm. they mention the one waitress to him, and then the other waitress who's behind him, uh, or his wife is there and gets mad and is like, is there a waitress you haven't slept with? And stomps off. Right. Um, so he's like, and she's like, are you saying your wife is your alibi? And he's like, no, one of the other waitresses is my alibi. Play <laughs> <laughs> <Player>. a <laughs> um, Yeah. This is also, yeah. I think, this is also where Lucifer uh, FaceTimes uh, Maze and makes a bet with her that he can't get Chloe, Chloe to go out and have fun. <laughs> that was funny, too. Um. And then there's a scene with Amendial coming to meet uh, the, the therapist, Dr. Harris, and uh, he's explaining, trying to explain to her, you know, what's going on with him, and she thinks he's talking about being impotent. Right. Well, it did. Kind of is. It kind of is. In a way. Yeah. 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 Right. Angels, but that. Yeah. Um, they go and they meet the girl's roommate. She has a cat. Lucifer hates cats for some reason. You can't trust them. That's what he says. That's not true, kitty. Yeah, it's true. You can't trust. I him. just got a new kitty. Where is she? And I bet I, I bet you, you can't trust. Him. And then they find another, um, another dead body, another girl from Nebraska, and has the same mark on her wrist. Um, so they're trying to run that down. Meanwhile, Maze takes the bet because Lucifer bets his convertible that she can't get Chloe to go out and have a good time. And uh, in comes Ella. And uh, and the therapist and they all decide to have girls' night. It's almost like no. Lucifer. Which is hilarious because yeah, the therapist almost, is like, oh, I'm sorry, good. Well, I was saying it's almost like Lucifer listened to the last show. <laughs> right, we need and we need to humanize Chloe a bit. Yeah, yeah I totally I'm so get sick that. of that. Yeah, I totally uh, get that. I, I love the scene where um, you know, they're like, okay, let's all say something, you know, uh, um embarrassing from our past you know and the therapist is like i used to do phone sex to pay my way through college and doctor so was a 1900 professor feel good or something uh, yeah. and then ella's like i stole cars yeah and they just look at her like oh okay <laughs> that was funny. then maze is like i was forged in the fires of hell to to punish the wicked she won <laughs> and she's like well i'm glad we passed up all the small talk <laughs> And then Chloe talks about how she's worried about being possibly homeless and going through a divorce and everything else. So she really hasn't uh, you know, quite cast things off. Meanwhile, uh, Lucifer finds a Mendiel at drinking Cosmopolitan. <laughs> but he likes the Cosmopolitan. Yeah, but they're tasty, he says. They then are we, tasty. Yeah. Then we get a scene of the four women on uh, at the Tiki Bar where they're trying to follow up on the lead for the murder, singing karaoke. Uh, Why not? Yeah, why not? Maze tells Chloe, you're a lot more tolerable when you're drunk. Um, I agree. Yeah, totally. (laughs) But they're talking about how they're a tribe together, and they're, like, good friends now. and like That looked like a GNO, seriously. did, when she imitated Lucifer. It was awesome. That was my favorite part. That was hilarious. That's what I want. Like, you're going to be a cop. You're a cop. You're supposed to be a (laughs) grizzled season cop. Right? Have fun sometimes. 
imitate him. Like, have work hard, play hard. Yes. Do joke yeah. instead of just give looking th- all grim all the time. Give a third dimension to your character other than grim and concerned. Oh, I agree. It's either be. It's like if you're not gonna get upset every time he says a sexual joke, then go with it. Then you know, like joke back. Yeah. Something. Give me uh, something, woman. But I like how they all say that, you know, she's like, I don't have any female friends. Chloe's like, I don't have any female friends. And they're all like, well, we're your friends now. We can be your tribe. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. And then as that happens, she sees another guy with the marking walk by, uh, that triangle mark that was on the two dead women's arms. Oh. And then uh, she's like, where did you get this? And this girl, who's his girlfriend, it's like, he's mine. And then they end up fighting. Uh, I wouldn't really call it a fight. It's more like Maze just pretty much kicks everyone's ass. She in the just bar. had fun. Oh, yes, she, she like snaps. She snaps a pool cue in half and does that uh, bit from Roadhouse where she just goes. That's pretty cool. Yes. Yeah, goes ballistic on everyone, knocking them out. Yeah. They they get the guy to sit down after he's been beaten up, and he says, uh, you know, "Yeah, I saw the girls at the sex at the sex club that goes from place to place, and they were newbies, and so now they have a lead on the sex party." And Chloe wants to send Dan undercover with Lucifer because he looks too much like a cop. And this becomes a running joke. Yes. You know, I don't look like a cop. And everybody tells him, yeah, you can, you do. You totally look like a cop. And then who else like want... a douche. Yeah, a douchey uh, cop. And then, and then next, Amendiel joins them. He's already kind of toasted from drinking bourbon with uh, Lucifer. He's a lightweight. Oh, he's, he's wasted. So they're all like, okay, just be chill and be cool. And the next scene is Amendiel shouting, hey, brother, come over here. And he's like dancing with four women at once and uh, yeah. having a great time. He's like, this is being chill. But um, they uh, confront the one bartender who tries to run and they uh, they put him aside. And he's like, no, I didn't give him any man drink. Those drinks were clean when I made him. And uh, they, the cops come and raid the sex party, and he comes to get a men deal, and he says, Come on, rise and shine, shine Crantini. <laughs> um, the woman that supposedly got the, the two newbies there fit this fits the description of the chef's wife's. Uh, and then uh, this is also when Chloe finds out that Lucifer made a bet with Maze to get her to go out and have fun. Even that was, st- like, not really something to get upset about. Yeah, he was like, you had a good time, didn't you? And this maze says the same thing to her later. You had a good time, didn't you? Um, I kind of get it, though. She's felt kind of betrayed with different things in the past year going on. So oh, lighten I, up, Francis. Get over I, I mean, I mean, I agree it was a little bit of an overreaction, but I get where she was coming from. It turns out that uh, this guy named Yuri is the one who uh, was seen with them last got the girls but those girls didn't even realize they were supposed to be escorts for him you recognize him is he from uh is he the doctor from uh voyager yes he is Rod- robert yep. picardo i thought he might be yeah he was and i was like whoa just listening watch, watch, watching his body language and speaking the weird accent i'm like oh <laughs> like i can't wrap my mind around this they've kind of typecast him i've seen him play the same role over and over and that was not this role uh they confront the woman who set up her friends she puts a box cutter to Chloe's throat, and uh, Lucifer's phone goes off. And he goes, oh, cell phones, what a little distraction. And just a distraction, Chloe needs to take her out. And then Lucifer's like, hey, I guess this apartment just opened up, huh? And he's like, she's like, oh, you expect me to move into the dead girl's apartment? And he goes, no, you can move into this one. It's much nicer. There's a view, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. And, <laughs> and you know it's been vacated, right? So, um... 
the next scene is Chloe doing the paperwork for the thing, and Maze comes in and, you know, kind of gets as close to an apology as Maze gets, I guess. Um, which isn't yeah. very close, really. Well, she better be happy she got that. Yeah, yeah, she should be. <laughs> and then Maze is like, so we're still good to be roommates, right? Exactly. And Chloe's like, what are you talking about? And she goes, That's, <laughs> you, we, we shook on it. We're going to be roommates. We're going to get a place together. And Chloe's like, oh, that's what happened in the half hour I blacked out. <laughs> yup. Which is pretty funny. Um, we then uh, switch to Maze telling Lucifer that she's going to move out. And Lucifer's not real happy about it. But um, instead of giving her his convertible, all he wa- all she wants him to do is pour her a drink for a change. Which is kind of cool. I yeah. thought it was very cool. So he does. He pours her a drink. And uh, as... She uh, uh, she leaves, and Mendiel comes in. He's all hungover and stuff. He talks to Lucifer about how he's kind of, you know, not really done what his dad sent him back to do. You mm-hmm. know? And that there uh, could be, you know, Lucifer's like, she's she's being punished, you know. I've, I, uh, you know, I found a loophole, and I used it. And he yeah. says, you know, you know how dad feels about loopholes. You know, he's really not going to be too pleased about that. And he's like, uh, Mendiel figures out that it was to save Chloe's life that he did this. And actually, I thought it was to kind of save his own life, really. Right. Because he was bleeding out and stuff. But, um, right. Oh, but says, I remembered, though. But, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. But then he said, um, you know, don't you think that the dad, your old dad, is going to take it, take it out of you some other way? Uh, he's like, oh, it's just one mortal soul. What is he going to do? And sure. as as it's happening, Chloe's on the phone driving, which she should never do, and gets yeah. T-boned by another driver, mm-hmm. and that's the end of the episode. But I had remembered though when when he mentioned it that he did uh, kind of wanted he did kind of ask to be saved to get, to help her. He said he wanted to help her. He did say that. Right. Okay. Like he wanted he wanted him to bring him back so he could save her life. Right. From, uh, yeah. That Malcolm that's... dude. So, that was Lucifer Lady Parts, episode four. What do you guys give it? I love the lady parts. I give it a B plus. For this show, it is is the best episode this show has ever done so far. I agree, and that's why I'm going A plus and actually giving some extra credit towards the semester grade, because it was good. A. I love the way they played with the the whole GNO, you know, suburban chicks out on the prowl doing karaoke and bonding. It was just for those characters, it was just hilarious for me. And I love pina coladas, you know. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was A. I too give it an A. I thought it was a solid episode all around. I love how they finally loosened up Chloe. The procedure actually fit into the rest of the story. Um, it wasn't distraction. They moved some pieces on the board in the bigger story, and uh, I, I liked it a lot, so I give it an A, totally. And uh, spoiler, that's why I give the next episode too, because uh, Supergirl, I don't care what you guys gotta say, was totally kick ass this week. I love <laughs> it. It was kick ass, yes. It was totally joyful. It, so it, it was joyful. That word keeps coming out of my mouth, like joyful. That, that, that's cool. what the show is. And Seriously, I want to say that... it was. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jer. No, I was like that in Flash. I just keep thinking joyful. Yeah, it was um, good. No, go ahead, Daryl. Well, I I would say I I have to be honest. The the problems I had with the with the choreography from season one, they still have some of those issues with this with this episode. It's kind of in my face. 
Like you know when you sh- when he shoots, it's just certain little things. Like when you when when he uh, Metallo shoots uh, Superman with the Kryptonite, it made why didn't he just shoot Supergirl with it too at the same exact time? Like he just sat there staring at her because it wasn't in the script. Well. Maybe he has to charge it up. Maybe it isn't like unlimited. But he kept time. hitting her. Like I was looking at how long it took him to keep hitting Superman with the beam. He just kept hitting him with it yeah. a couple of times in the scene. And at the same time, he well, he hit her. had a he had a big grudge against Supergirl more than Superman, and I think that was more he got Superman out of the way and he wanted to go toy with her. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's what it was. Yeah, or it could just be that Daryl's a nitpicker. I do have a question because I haven't had a chance to discuss Supergirl with you guys because I wasn't on that part last week. And did you guys discuss Superman himself as far as like dislike? Yeah, but go ahead. What's your opinion? Well, I just I wanted to say I, I really I don't know if I want to say best rendition of Clark Kent. But I'm kind of close to saying that. I really like this Clark Kent. It makes me think of the Clark in the comics more than anything else. I mean, no disrespect to Kiana, Christopher Reeves, and... and, and, Whoa, I'm Superman. (laughs) Whoa. Um, Hey, we almost had Nick Cage at one point. But anyway... uh, I really, really like... I have only one minor dislike and it's so minor it's really not a big deal but i don't like that romanesque style clasp of the way his cape is to his suit other than that i think it's it's an a winner out of the park great he's a much more realistic clark kent than he is superman to me i meaning that he he looks the part of clark he acts the part of Clark for the most part because he's not so doofish and and awkward. But as Superman, I still just look at him and I go, "Okay, you, you're kind of Superman on the show, on the TV show, but you don't have that like when you walk in the room. I don't, you don't feel that, ma- that kind of majestic awe when he comes in the room. I don't feel it. I don't, I don't see it on screen." But you don't want him to outshine Supergirl either. No, I don't want him you to know? outshine it, but right. he just so doesn't have that. You don't want that. him to be so awe-inspiring that people just, you know. Well, I'm sure that's why they they po- they picked who they picked because he wouldn't yes. overshadow. Right. But I'm just I saying. Find Henry. Honestly, I don't find Henry Cavill that awe-inspiring either. Oh, I not, I do. When he I, when I see I him do. walking around, <laughs> he is super. Yeah, you know, I'll be like. Shoot. Panties dropping, you know, Daryl's panties dropping. I ain't, it's just I ain't, gay, ain't nothing wrong with it. Hey, right. I, I, I agree there. I agree. Yeah. He looks like the part. You can not like the movies or whatever, but he looks the part. When he comes in that room as Superman, he's he bearing. Yes, the magic bearing. Yes. Yeah, yes. Not, I don't want to go down this road again. I'm just, I, I think this Superman has more of the, the fun. I'm not touching fun. I'm not touching fun. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that Henry Cavill just looks like he's constantly emo or constipated no, I, or, I get, or something. Jim, I get and what this, you're saying. And this, and this Superman <laughs> has like, you know, I, fun. I totally get what you're saying, Jim. I'm not saying you like hey, what you I like. I respect you, man. I respect your opinion. But I'm just saying. Like. Cool. I'm just I'm talking about the. 
I'm just talking about that that look, that feel. Like when Batman walks in the room, not because he's dark and brooding, but when Batman walks in the room, it's different from when a character like uh, I expect the Booster Gold to walk in the room or a Blue Beetle to walk in the room. It's different. Like these are different heroes. They're all heroes. They're all, you know, should be respected as heroes. But it's just that different. Like when Wonder Woman walks in a room as well, like there's just that different feel than when other heroes walk in the room. And he doesn't have it to me. And that's the only thing. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying about the dark and the brute, all that. None of the fun. It's all there. The, the jokes is all there. I'm just saying that that just that that look when you when he stands there, it just okay. doesn't feel like you know like this. Ooh, that's Superman there. That's all I'm saying. We don't have time for that in this reality. I, I get it. I get it. And now okay. we're gonna talk right. about the okay. Guardians of the Galaxy two trailer that came out today. No, oh. I, I didn't see it. I, would. I didn't figure you didn't see it. I, I figured you didn't. I saw. In fact, the first thing I thought of when I saw it, I was like. Daryl's not even gonna watch this. Nope. I just posted like, Nope. I just not for me. News. Not for me. <laughs> anyway, we get a little uh, Superman, Supergirl team up at the beginning. They stop a fire together. Yeah, um, it was cool. You know, Supergirl. You know, he he sucks the the air out of it, and she blows it with super breath. Mm-hmm. And then they stop some bank robbers, which was really funny. You know, um, they run into her and then back into him, and he's like, "I'm with her." And then they shoot Superman and Supergirl a bunch of times. And the guy tries to punch Superman mm-hmm. in the jaw. And I love the line. He's like, you know, you just got done shooting me with bullets. Why did you think the fist would work? He says, why <laughs> they do they always do that? Do that? Yeah. Why like, do they always definitely. do that? Right. <laughs> it reminded me of the old trope that I remember. I think it was Dana Gould, the comedian, used to say, like, back on the old, old 50s Superman show, they would shoot him with a bunch of bullets, and then they'd throw the gun at him. Yeah, they would. Like, like that was going to stop. Him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they would always do that. They, no every, like every, almost every time. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, they save the day and they come back to DO, but, um, there's still beef between him and, uh, Superman and John. Um, you know, hashtag too much fun, says Kara <laughs> in a cutesy little way. Um, the fun right. time kind of ends though, when they're called to, uh, for a potential suicide jumper, in the national city bridge. Um, there's also a, a subplot with uh, Kara trying to become a reporter. Uh, Kat Grant introduces her to Snapper Carr. I don't know why they now. First of all, I, first of all, it's cool that they use that name. Yeah, yes. but woo. that is totally not any in, in, incarnation of Snapper Carr. No, no, before. not really. No. Like well, from the comics, he's he he is. Like Jimmy Olsen, more like right. anything else. Well, but he was now, like the Jimmy Olsen of the JLA back in the day, right? Like right. The Rick okay. Jones, the Rick Jones. Side, yeah. But this is and, like if twenty years later and things didn't work out as well. Well, in the animated series, he was a a TV newscaster, right? If you remember, you know, he right? Was a, you know, WGBH or whatever it was, and then they cut away for a news report. It was you know, I'm Snapper Carr, you know, mm-hmm. with the news, and now now he's like Lou Grant. Well, they tried to make it like <laughs> something terrible happened to him, and he's just so bitter now. No. It's just he's, he's like, he says, and, you know, don't make me. Ch- he, says him, yeah, he says something like, "Don't make me channel my divorce, uh, right. my divorce on you." Yeah, he's just like curmudgeonly, kind of bald, kind of rumpled. It just very much reminded me of Lou Grant, you know. He did. He's okay. you know, like, you know, and the whole bit with him and Mary Tyler Moore, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. 
I see you have a lot of spunk. I hate spunk. That kind of thing. I wonder why they just didn't name him something else. Like, they could have picked another character. such a great show. God, that was a good show. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, We then get a uh, scene where they kind of explain to John Corbin what they did to him. Welcome to Cadmus. He's got this cool kryptonite heart upgrade. And uh, soon after, uh, Kara and Clark go to stop a suicide jumper on National City Bridge. And it turns out to be John Corbin. And Corbin like, nope. Corbin's gone. Now I'm Metallo. And he proceeds to zap them with a lot of kryptonite energy. Uh, he's almost got Kara in a coupe de grasse when Clark just grabs him and throws him as hard as he can. And Kara's out for the count. We get this cool little homage to Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Superman picking up Supergirl. Um, just as she died, it was an issue eight. I think Crisis. so. Yeah. Um, the appearance of a kryptonite-powered villain has everyone worried, especially Clark. He wants to know how someone other than the DEO got access yes, to John. kryptonite. And John's like, well, a shipment was stolen four months ago, and they haven't been able to figure out who did it. Yeah. Uh, so Superman and Martian Manhunter start to fight. You know, This is exactly why He's... I didn't want you to have the kryptonite in the first yeah. place. And uh, Wynn has this great line. He's like, Superman versus Martian Manhunter. That's terrible. Oh, wait, that's awesome. <laughs> he almost squealed, which is funny. He went right. No. He's like the fanboy, uh, yeah. fanboy of the group, you know. Totally. Um, John John makes his point, you know. I mean, what would we have had against, you know, Non and, 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 and Zara and all those other Krypton, Kryptonians who wanted to invade, you know, last step, you know, last season if we hadn't had anything, you know. And he's right. And um, Clark's upset because the Kryptonite can kill him and his cousins and the fact John doesn't. Right. Doesn't and trust him. Mean he, he doesn't trust him. So you don't trust me. Why you don't trust me? I, I, I like trust it. You. I like this this tension. It because you can literally see both sides. You can, I mean, play it either way. Uh, both of them have a really really good point from yep. their standpoints. There's not it's one that's like, yeah, it's completely yeah. right. Yes. Because I would have been like, I'd have been on uh, John's side. Like, where were you when all the Kryptonians was busting up stuff? You wasn't here to to help her. So I mean, if we didn't have those guns, the 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 kryptonite ray guns, we would have really been toast. Yep. Yes, the, uh, there's always sucker. things in the government you can't trust and don't know, so how do you know whoever's in power next won't see you as a threat and just use it? Yeah, I don't and trust government. there's human error, which is what happened yes. here, something got stolen. Yeah, you know? You're right. You're totally From right. Mole. So they figure there's a mole somewhere in the DEO, and that's the only way the kryptonite could have gone out. In the Damn. Another yeah, alien Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Alien hater, is that what you said? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... Kara tries to start her new job, and Snapper's like, you know, no, you don't work here. You ain't you know, got you, no job. You don't have a job <laughs> no, here. Me. You don't have a chair. <laughs> that's that's me. Guys. No job. <laughs> no GTFO. job. Uh, no job. crying to Kara, or Kara goes crying to Kat, and says, you know, he won't let me work. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, Kat, Kara, Kat's like, how many of these pep talks do I got to give you before you stand up on your own? And two, Kat is taking leave of absence. And this is just the craziest thing I've ever seen. I have He's never had stop, this Superman. where you get a promotion and from one boss and she owns the company and then the supervisor under the boss tells you you don't got the promotion. Right. Like I, not, I was, I was just captivated. What, what but the, world no, the does type this of personality, But the personality Cat is, she would hire people who really like guard their their work like it's their baby. And if he saw something that didn't fly with him, he would naysay it. And she would respect his opinion, knowing that she sent the right person for the right job, and she would wear him down. 
So I, in, in every other world, like, yes. Um, plus the asterisk, like, do you have a degree in journalism? Yeah. Like, have you ever written a lead? Have you ever written? A, have you reported for anything else? Right. You know, she has said, no experience in the position. Mm. True. She has no, you know, she has no experience at all as a reporter. Why? Why would you trust her to, with the job? You know. I don't care what he say. I got rent due. <laughs> and I got this mother effing job. And I'm gonna right. come up in here and I'm gonna get my mother effing right. job because your boss gave me that job. But it's um, but you're not the they're, they're writing cat off the show. So yeah, yes. yeah, I know, I know. She, she wants to now, go home. She doesn't want to go to Canada. Is she gonna maybe still have an occasional appearance though? Right? Yes, probably. She said okay. she would. It's I just, really love that character. Well, she just—I mean, it's the whole thing, and she's not broke. She don't need to work again if she doesn't really right. want to, and she doesn't want to be that far away from home that long, that long. So, you know. so uh, Kara freaks out, goes home to Alex, and says, "You know, what, ha- what would happen if I follow Clark back to Metallo?" Right, and Alex freaks. <laughs> yes, Alex freaks because, like, you know, hey man, my whole life has been you know nothing but but uh, you know how much I put up, how much I put up with, and how much I gave up just to be you know to. To help you, you know? I kind of didn't like when she said that. That's kind of that's a little too needy. Yeah, a little bit, you know. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, calm it down, homie. You don't own me. Alex points out that Superman is the one who left her with the Danvers as a kid, and he mm-hmm. did yeah. abandon you. She said he, he abandoned you. Take you know. care of your responsibilities, Mookie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You'd write that. Right. Stop it. Wow, I know where it was from. <laughs> I have a cat named Mookie. Are you kidding me? Mookie. It's too hot, Mookie. It's too hot. It's too hot, Mookie. It's too hot. It's too hot. I mean, it's, you know, and again, like Jerry says, another thing where there's no right or wrong. Like, on one hand, mm-hmm. we understand right. Kara's excited about being around right. another Kryptonian and learning and, like, being around someone who really understands her. And then on the other hand, she isn't really taking into account Alex's feelings. You know, One thing for wow. sure is uh, her sister needs friends. Yes. Yeah. And her sister needs to knock the chip off of her shoulder. You're a grown ass woman, okay? Yes, you made some sacrifices for somebody that you know you treated as a sister back in the day. Let's okay. move on. Girl, you fine. She still blames her for. You're the reason I went into this and that. And shut up, for Christ's sake. Girl, Nobody ain't made no, you do anything. Ain't no anything. reason why you ain't got right? a date. That's your fault because huh. you fine. Yeah. If you go outside right now. There was a thing with her and Maxwell Lord last season, but Had Maxwell Lord has been nowhere to be seen. Well, season. try not to date the crazy guy, though. Yeah, well, she's try not to date the megalomaniacal guy. Right. She needs to yeah. unpetty herself and then date. You can't do both. Yeah, you can't. Nobody will petty date. Yeah. Uh, Wynn figures out that um, that Agent McGill, one of the agents in the DEO, is the mole because he's able to tra- follow the trace radiation of kryptonite to his locker. Because he's smart. Mm-hmm. Right. He really. And, I know. Um, <laughs> he knows his to, stuff. Alex, Alex kind of makes a uh, a fake uh, mission to bring out to draw out Agent McGill, mm-hmm. but um, when Alex tries to confront him, it turns out it's an ambush. Of course and, it uh, is. We get evil Cadmus scientist once again, and mm-hmm. offers you know it tells pretty much says everything Alex said to Kara. You know mm-hmm. you had to sublimate your whole life for them for these aliens. You know what your you could work with your father. Blah blah blah. All right. And then Alex, of course, gives him Luke Skywalker. I never joined you, you know. But I killed the Kryptonian. And then uh, she sends uh, a scientist to kill her. There's a cool gunfight and chase sequence to the warehouse. Yeah, it was cool. And uh, Alex did a lot of Black Widow moves with, like, the leg locks and stuff. And uh, Kara 
arrives in time, lends a hand, and she apologizes to Alex for what she said before. And then Alex and Kara making up, kind of give them an idea of how to defeat now the two Metallos. There's an Asian dude, an Asian Metallo, and um, John Corbin, one in Metropolis, one in National City. So instead of, you know, Superman and Supergirl both using their energies against one while the other one goes, you know, runs roughshod over the city, we get a team-up of Kara and Alex taking on Corbin in National City and the part that I really liked, Superman and Martian Manhunter teaming up to yeah. take on Metallo number two in Metropolis. So great. And it was great. I mean, even with the CW budget, I thought I thought the effects were great with that. Pretty cool. Amazing. I mean, I, obviously, yeah. I, they probably had more budget for these first two shows, but, I mean, wow. It was great. It did make me laugh, though, when I saw Alex in that suit, because it reminds me of, like, the remember the Missy Elliott suit where she used to wear the yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, I Can't Stand the Rain? Yes, I kept thinking of that when she was running. I Can't Gosh. Stand the Rain. Beep, beep, who got the keys to the Jeep? That's what she looked like if she put the hat on. <laughs> Actually, you know what? It reminds me Dude. more of, uh, that suit reminds me more of uh, uh, Ripley, Aliens. That's what I was thinking, you know, yeah. Come on, bitch, that, you know. But that too, but I like my Missy thing. I was jamming to that, though. Yeah, I like Missy. That was cool. She's awesome. Uh, with the day saved, Kat, Supergirl visits Cat to say goodbye. And Cat tries to trick her into saying her name, but she doesn't. But uh, she promises Supergirl that she'll be back. And that felt like a little you know, nod to the viewers. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, she knows. She will be back. Kara changes clothes and drops off an article to sit out of her car on paper, which I thought was pretty funny because nobody ever does that anymore. A uh, 500-word article on the Metallo battles uh, with uh, that's been vetted and has quotes from the survivors and the police, and, and Snapper reads it and then re- reluctantly agrees to teach Kara how to be a reporter. So uh, as the episode ends, John gives Superman all the DEO's kryptonite for him to do what he wants with it. Sucker. And uh, Superman <laughs> flies off back from Metropolis. Kara pays Monel a visit in the infirmary, and Monel wakes up and immediately grabs Kara by the throat. Um, I bet you he has a little bit left, though. I bet you. Uh, like a, like a little, you know, thing of kryptonite somewhere. Right. Just to be on the side, and it's, it'll come out later. I bet I'm gonna you. going to have to, man. Yeah. Um, I, I like the scene where John and, and um, uh, Clark go to the uh, Fortress of Solitude mm-hmm. to find out more about the kryptonite and stuff. So and they still arguing as they flying over there. It's like, yep. they, they just, yeah. they're just still bickering. Yeah. Yeah. So this was an awesome episode. I give it an A minus. I'm going to mark a minus off for the CWness of her and her new job. Uh, and then her sister's pettiness. And, and her sister, yeah, that's kind of CWness too. So yeah. for CWness, I take off a minus, but an A otherwise. That'll get a B plus for me. I have to agree with Jim and A minus. It was. I mean, I loved this episode, but there were a few of those moments where it was just like, ah, okay, all right. <laughs> right. B plus, yeah, same reason. Like I, it was joyful. It was fun. I, I loved it when, um, when Martian Manhunter, when when Superman and then Kara, or when Kal-El and Kara were having the you know fun fighting crime. Like, oh, I do this too. Let's let's meet the people we just saved and all that stuff. And John's like, hey, if you guys could stop showboating, you know, maybe we get back to work. Yeah, that'd be you know? me. That'd be me. Man, I was like, I, he nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> could you do your job? Right, he's like, get up, come on, <laughs> do we get? <laughs> One of my favorite moments of this episode, though, 
was that quick little homage to George Perez's cover from Crisis. Mm-hmm. Right, that, that. Yeah, that that was my favorite part of the whole episode, though. I like Wynn's geeking out all the time. He's like, you want me to design Superman's mm-hmm. new suit? Yeah, that was great. Are you right? crying? Are those tears? Are you crying? Yeah, are those tears? No. He's like, no. <laughs> no. Oh, that ain't me. That ain't me. Okay, so we had to bid adieu to uh, Jerry, because she's on a boat. Mm-hmm. She's on the symbiote boat <laughs> with Venom and Carnage and uh, the Bride of Venom and all those fun people. They're all taking a cruise together, so I hope you right. have a great time. T-Pain is there to sing I'm on a boat, so that's good. I, I saw that. Uh, so we're going to be doing the, the final three without her, but we still got Daryl and Chubb on board, so let's move full speed ahead to Magenta, Season 3, Episode 3. I'm going to say right off the bat, Barry's, uh, Barry's new lab mate, I don't like him. It's annoying me. I know he's supposed yeah, to be, but I, he is. He, Something's going to happen I was with okay him, with him at mm-hmm. first. I was okay with him at first, but this episode, yeah. uh-uh. Yeah, I'm start, with you. We start, I, we start off the episode with, oh, I'm sorry, Daryl. Well, I was just going to say, I, I don't know what why shows have to have a need for an unlikable character. In the, like, why, is, it, is it necessary? I, I have no idea. I think, like... like yeah. Well, was, I'm thinking that maybe, just maybe, it'll pay off down the road, hopefully. But if not, I'm with Jim. It just seems like a complete. I don't see. Place. I don't see how it could ever pay off because I know something's gonna, you know, something bad is gonna happen to Robbie. Hey. He's gonna turn evil or whatever it is. And I like Tom Felton. I I do. I just I that character is not doing anything for me at all. Well, here's the thing. They got the um. That we start off that that episode with like Barry doing his monologue or whatever, but he has to wait until the clock hits actually seven o'clock to leave, mm-hmm. because his boss, that guy Julian, where just being pedantic. I just thought that was weak. And, just, and then later, there's another thing he yeah. does, which is a total dick move, um, which we'll talk about later in the episode. But like the, right. right off the bat, I'm like, yeah, that's the character I don't like. Great, thanks. You know. But the reason Barry wants to get out of there right on time is because he's trying to make his first date with Iris. How many of first course. dates have they had now? <laughs> Three? I think it's Four? There's got to be at least the third one. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it is the third one. But uh, they don't get to date very long. It's kind of stuffy and boring because he decides to take her to an expensive restaurant for some reason. Uh, you know, doing yeah. Pizza. But I don't yeah, you know. So he knows, but he knows her. Why would he... I don't know. It doesn't seem like. Yeah, well, it's silly. Like if you, know, you... you want to take her to her favorite place, or yeah. you know, somewhere. I was gonna say he's been in timelines and and alternate universes where he's married to her, and he's, you know, it, it's a cutesy little CW-ish type thing, but it was. Right. Over, you you know. didn't need it. I mean, he didn't need yeah. to do that. Like you know her already. You 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 known her most of your since children. So. You know, just when you hook up with your with somebody that you've been friends with that long, it should be it's easier. It's a lot easier. Yeah, it just seemed weird that that would be the movie he'd make to take her to like some fancy expensive restaurant when he knew that neither one of them were that kind of. You know what I mean? They don't seem like they'd yeah. have fun there, and they didn't. No, know? they could have had a date at the freaking coffee house. And yeah, it or anywhere, and they probably would have better. Had a better time. You know, because they spent more time. You know, there. It's, it's, it just uh, it just seemed a little odd. They yeah, want to get that CW moment, you know. Yeah, the CW-ness, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it seeps into all these shows just a little, <laughs> right? It's a formula, and they got, you know, every everything. Like, Netflix has their, Netflix Marvel movies have their formula. 
the ABC uh, uh, Marvel Agents of Shield. Every episode they have a certain formula, no matter how much they right. say it's different or whatever. They all every showrunner has their thing. Right, and the and and I mean the thing is 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 when we're watching shows like this on a network like this. We have to either accept that or we're going to be annoyed all the time watching it. So, I mean, I've just come to the point of, eh, there it is. Okay, let's move on. Right. Got through that and mm-hmm. on with the story. Uh, luckily, the uh, the stuff you date is not going very well. But, again, how many awkward dinners have there been in this show? I'm <laughs> I mean, just in just last episode, we had one. Uh, anyway, oh, yeah. um they get summons from Star Labs. Uh, the breach is opening down in the bottom of Star Labs, and at first they think it might be Zoom or someone bad, but it turns out it's just Harry from Earth Two, and his daughter Jessie now has super speed, and she's happy about it. She loves it. He hates it. He's always been a little overprotective of Jessie. Yeah, even in a creepy way. It's like it's almost creepy where it's like, well, like he would kill people. The only way I'd say it gives up, he, he can come some kind of be creepy about it because it's like he would actually kill. I think he actually did kill somebody. He almost, and hit he, it he almost killed Barry. Uh, there you go. He, right. Uh, helps, right. He, he, decided, he said he would help Zoom get more speed or whatever. Right. He has that um, sinister scientist look, kind of. You know, he's also, he's he also, but also, here's the interesting thing about this mm-hmm. Earth 2 wasn't affected by Flashpoint because Harry walks in and he says, the Speed Lab. Yeah. This wasn't Barry. You must be messing around with time again because this wasn't here when we left. Well, this I, this is what I made a note of. This is the basically the this world is it, it's basically telling us these are the rules. Like yeah. this set out. Like this is a significant thing that they threw out there for later on. Probably we're really going to need that for later on. And it also explains questions that I had for. Um, the previous episodes where what did, you know, like what was happening? What did, what was different in the other worlds? If, if, um, he's been doing this and then that means Supergirl won't be affected then by, uh, changes that Barry made in the time. Like that all explains all of that. Like you three, you know, where, uh, where where, uh, Jake Garrick is. Yeah. So like, yeah, yeah, I was thinking like he said, he made changes and what was different about that. And, but now we know that, uh, because the rules, they give us the rules. That you don't change anything in other worlds. You only change time in your own world, your own universe. Right. So that that uh, I appreciate well, you, you getting that information. Early. You actually need to to not do it in any universe because it right. screws shit well, up. Well, we need to know this because with Zoom running around, right, any other shows, we need to know. You know, like what is the effects of that as well? So that's right. important for us to have that information. I just. He's become a major I, part of Legends so far. Right, right. Yeah. And and I like the complexity, and I just hope that with him messing with time, with Legends messing with time, that it just doesn't get too confusing to where we got to have, you know, maps up on our wall with strings connecting the dots because we're trying to follow it. I just, just don't get to that ridic- level of ridiculousness, and I'm all right with it. I think I think they've been okay so far. You know, I don't right. think that's too. I think just having the one, you know, flashpoint alternative timeline, and then having things messed up back here. Right. right. I think that's pretty understandable and not too yep. hard for an audience to follow. Um, nope. You know, when you bring in the Earth Two and things like that. Now, if their timeline was Alter Two, that might be, that might be too many shenanigans to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Jesse has super speed. Wally's kind of jealous, it seems like, of her super speed. Oh, he's salty. Like, there's even a part where he tries to jump out in front of a moving car to try to activate his powers. Yeah. But Jesse saves him. So, you know, they're both, Harry and Joe are both trying to be protective and having a hard because time. Because they, yeah, they can't give us what we want. Like, we all want to see uh, Wally get his right. powers and put the suit on, but we, they cannot. That's just the way of, they have to do it where they, they feel like they have to kind well, of make he, him earn it. Here's the other thing. He, he is now, especially with Jesse showing up, he's got that envy. So. Mm-hmm. He's he's reckless and and he's doing these reckless things like what Jim mentioned from the recap, you know, and she had to save him because he was being an idiot. But he's going to continue to do stupid shit like that. And I just hope that they resolve his maturity before his powers do show themselves, because if if he acts like this. And then it has super speed and has the speed force and all that within him. That's that's a dangerous mix. He's well, going to do something stupid. I think. Well, I I think uh, I think it's obvious that uh, alchemy is going to give him yep. his powers that's because exactly he came. What from, I was going to say. <laughs> because remember the deal. Yeah, everybody you're, that yeah, you're right. Everybody yeah. had powers and flashpoints getting right. back from alchemy. We that's, had the rival. We had magenta this episode mm-hmm. and a bunch of others. That we have yet to even discover. But here's um, the question: I think Alchemy offered to him, and of course. Well, hold on, hold on one sec before you get with the question. It'd be interesting, though. I thought that what if uh, H.D. Wells is of this world? What if his wife is Alchemy, and Wells died anyway, another way, hmm. and it's her running around, and she became the the scientist, and that's why she hates Barry because she because maybe she found out that her husband lived. Or could have lived if he didn't change things or something because he's changed things three times, two, three times, right? Well, I'm sticking, but, I'm sticking to my original theory that it's the Harrison Wells of Earth One. I'm just but, throwing out a side but, one, but I'm throwing out a side one as well. Okay, mm-hmm. what if it's Eddie Thawne? True, too. That's another. That was, that was kind of my the timeline. Maybe he restored Eddie as well, and Eddie being out of time right. like that would be be able to phase and maybe. You know, it, they could explain it anyway. You know what I mean? Like his time force or whatever, because he, you know, he erased himself and then was written back in. What will give it away is his re, his first reaction to, um, of course, his first reaction to Iris. That right. would be the, that'll be the giveaway. Now, now here's the question as far as Wally goes, and it's a two parter for each of you, and that is, which one of these scenarios do you think they'll go with, and which one would you want it to be? And that is. Alchemy seeks out Wally and gives him his powers like he did the other timeline people. Or Barry and team's investigation, they start to figure out that that's what he's doing. Or, you know, they start to figure out the process a little bit more. And Wally actually goes and seeks out Alchemy and asks for the powers. Which one do you think they'll go with? Which one would you want? I think it'll be an accident. I would rather it be an accident. Like, he gives him his powers, and I think that's what we'll get, as opposed to him going after it. I think he'll, I think eventually he will give up the idea of him getting powers, and once he lets that go, that's when Alchemy will slap him with with abilities. Hmm, Interesting. I mean, yeah, it could go either way, or you know he may he may you know have to choose between betraying his you know family and the speed. I mean that seems to be really addictive in the other speedsters. 
You know, I mean, it's, but look at look at the way Zoom was like a junkie for speed. You know, mm-hmm. once, once he got the speed, right. speed, so right. There's a lot of ways they could play this, but I definitely think that yeah, they're setting it up. I agree with Daryl. In fact, you took the words right out of my mouth that they were going to. I mean, all the other people who had powers in Flashpoint are getting them back. Why not? Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. your scenario there, Daryl, would be good in my mind because then that means he's gone past the whole wanting the powers, so his maturity has gotten to the point where maybe he can handle his powers. Well, it's a formula, and then that happens. Like, yeah, it's a it's a formula with them. That's what they do. They kind of make them go through a you know people who we want to get abilities. They kind of go through a whole thing of of um, like, well, they won't they. Well, they won't they, and then they yeah. go through a thing of being irresponsible, and then they go through a thing of finally maturing, and then they get the abilities. Because look at Jesse. Jesse went through her, you know, her stages of being angry at her father so much, and 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 you know, wanting to help and all that, and and being a little, you know, a little bit. I'm gonna go find myself by leaving, kind of thing. And she matured enough, I think. Now she's very mature, and she. To the point where when Barry asked her to do something, she did it. She she didn't overuse her powers. She didn't, um, you know, she didn't try to, to do things that she shouldn't have done with her abilities. She didn't, you know, she didn't show off with her abilities either. She's mature. She's ready. Like, she can actually handle having these powers. And I think that that's... It's the same thing with Magenta, like though. Do. They send her away at the end, and she's going to probably come yeah. more mature and in charge of her powers and stuff. Yep, as an ally, I think I see her. You know, I see her as an ally as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, teenage girl who's been in uh, foster homes and uh, is in definitely an abusive uh, relationship with her current foster dad named John. Um, we show her uh, at home one night uh, being yelled at and berated by her father and threatened with physical violence, and then uh, he starts to um, uh, abuse her mom as well. And um, Frankie, Frankie is her name, and her eyes kind of go from regular to a purple cast and she becomes magenta a split personality um with magnetic powers so Mm -hmm. they first manifest with a light post that she brings into her living room to hit her dad with to get her to stop he is a dick he is a total dick he's even a dick in the hospital bed (laughs) like after he gets there with the light post he's laying in the hospital bed he's like what the hell do you want i'll beat my wife if i want i'm like dude come on this is like a little too you know, on the nose. Yes, we get it. He's a do- he's a douche. Okay, it's almost like he came in. I beat my wife. I beat my wife. I beat my wife. Yes, me. I beat my wife. I'm terrible. He hate me. Hate me. I'm the I evil am one. I'm very like, bad, and there are no redeeming qualities to me. So please, by all means, hate me. It would have been a little cool if he had acted nice, and you didn't know that he was abusing his family, and she did that to him, and you would think she's evil. Right. And then you come to turn, you find out that if a little little investigation, you come to find out that that's what's been going on. Like they don't have to give it. Sometimes they could just be too a little too obvious. They don't need to do that. It's fun to kind of play with the us as the audience and and kind of make us have to guess if she's evil or not. But you know, next time. Well, she's filling out the uh, police report on what happened to her father. She kind of gets. um, this is the other part. Uh, Barry's uh, uh, a hole uh, lab mate now, uh, Tom <laughs> character Julian, right? Uh, realizes yeah. that she has like some sort of element that he's found in all the metahumans he studied so far, and he's like, "Hey, you girl, <laughs> you're a metahuman, aren't you?" Like yelling at her across the room, and 
<laughs> like being a total dick. I'm like, okay, look, you've already determined she's a metahuman. Why would you, why would you antagonize her? You know what I mean? Was, why would you, oh, why would you oh. talk to her that way? You know she's oh. abused. You know she's you know a foster kid. Why would you treat her that way? And she gets mad and like takes that plaque from the side of the wall there in the police station. He's not even a cop. No, he's not. And you're grabbing her. Yeah, well, the sorting hat got it right, and he is definitely in-house asshole. And then, then, like, the Flash pulls him out of the way. Flash is like, are you all right? And he says, yeah, and he doesn't even thank him. Mm -mm. I'm like, what? (sighs) What the hell, you know? It's like, again, you know, it's like, oh, this guy has no redeeming qualities. He has to be a total jerk the whole time. And I think he's just there to be a red herring that we think is Dr. Alchemy. You know what I mean? Right, of course. Yeah, of course that's what they want us to think. But I don't even think that because it's so obvious that they're trying to make us think that. There's a cool action sequence where uh, Magenta, as she's leaving the police station, you know, runs into the Flash and then he tries to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And then she lifts a police car in the air and instead of like trying to grab the car or whatever, Flash like runs up the side of the building, goes into the car, gets the officer out of it. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really well choreographed. That was a cool sequence there. Yeah, a little different than what you you know you got you got to switch it up with this sometimes, and I'm glad that they're trying to show new ways of him using his speed. Right, like we find out later when Magenta uh, lifts a whole tanker, <laughs> oil tanker, uh, right above the hospital where her foster father is, and is going to drop the mm-hmm. tanker on the whole hospital because that's a. So anyway, Iris goes to see the abusive father, and while she's in there, she realizes that you know Magenta's going to want revenge, and sure enough, she does by wanting to drop. Drop a giant tanker on top of the whole hospital. Um, no less. The Flash is able to do a figure eight and some, with uh, Wells' help uh, and advice and is able to make like an air cushion to keep the tanker from falling off. But he can't do that and, stop, and talk to Magenta and talk her down. So Harry finally gives in and lets Jesse run and tells her, run, Jesse, run. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome Run, Forrest, run! You no, know, I was talking about the first season. <laughs> the first season when when um when Wells is like run Barry said run, run Barry run that's what I got uh, yeah thank you Daryl Forrest Gump because I hate that movie I do too oh my god <laughs> we should talk about that sometime I totally hate that movie <laughs> we gotta do that on nothing's on yeah no doubt no doubt remind me remind me we'll talk about it oh how can you hate that movie is terrible easy easy, easy. big time Oh, terrible man, is it. as terrible does. I would rather watch yeah. Ernest Goes to Camp three times than watch Forrest Gump. Exactly. Camp. Wait oh a minute. God, What's terrible. wrong with Ernest Goes to Camp? Nothing compared to Forrest Move Gump. On. Okay. The, Move Ernest, on. the Ernest movies are a vital part of American cinema. Oh, Lord. Okay, I'm going to totally add that part out. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesse takes over uh, where Barry was under the tanker, and Barry talks to Frank. It talks uh, is able to talk past Magenta to Frankie, and then the, uh, Frankie takes control. And it's, she has like you know dissociative uh, disease where she you know actually has two split personalities. And then uh, she back at Star Lab, she tells him you know that she started having dreams about another life where she had powers, and that's what led her to alchemy. And Wally, you know, is listening. And he's like, uh-huh, I too have been dreaming about having powers, you know, so <laughs> that's definitely set up for that. Barry and, and party let her go. They, they said, you know, we'll send you to Keystone City to a new foster family that isn't going to, you know, hurt you or whatever. And, right. you know, they don't lock her up. Something else I noticed, too, that I, I don't think I mentioned, Iron Heights now has uh, superhero cells. Yep. 
another do, another yeah. fix from uh, from Flashpoint. Totally, yeah. Barry and Iris, uh, instead of trying to, you know, he says be the way they were before. He just is going to be the way he is now, and they use the uh, have a nice dinner on the water. That's you know, as soon as they, I'm sorry, as soon as they sit down to dinner, he gets called back, of course, to the crime lab, and uh, Joe and Julian show him the video of Alchemy killing Edward Claris in his cell, and that's the end of the episode. I had no problems with this episode. It was it was a B this, plus for me. Solid episode. Oh, and this was definitely the same hospital they used in Arrow. Oh, of course. Yeah, I yeah, saw that. You could tell. There. Yeah. They they didn't even uh, you, if you look very closely, Black Canary's still there. Yeah, they're still laying in that bed. And bed over. <laughs> they never took her out. They forgot. <laughs> yeah, I give this a, uh, I give this an episode a B. It was just a solid meta human of the week episode. Yep. It was co- it was cool to see Harry and uh, Jesse again. I was real happy mm-hmm. with that. Oh, very cool. Uh, I always like seeing uh, Tom Cavanaugh. He's awesome. Um, so. I love Jet. Jet, if you want to Jess follow awesome, somebody, yeah. uh, follow somebody's Twitter. Uh-huh. Violet Bean. She is a she is freaking hilarious. She's she is a goofball, which is I always like uh, celebs who are like that. Like they could be right. goofballs, like on, Maisie, like on. Maisie Williams from Game of Thrones. Yes, her like she, like that. It's just real totally, funny. totally a goofball. So follow her on Twitter. Find yeah. her. Follow her on totally Twitter. Do that. Funny. Okay. What's the actress's oh. name? Violet Bean with two T's. Bean, B-E-A-N-E. I'm sure she'll have a certified uh, thing on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, it's certified. You'll see her when you'll notice. I'll definitely do that when we're done. I found her. Look at you. Well, her her profile pic alone says she's a a nut. I told you. (laughs) All right, so let's get to the... What's your... uh, Let's move to the arrow. Diggle going oh, you crazy. All, oh, I'm sorry. Did you all give your, oh, your name? Yeah, I give it a solid. I'm sorry. I give it a solid B. Okay. Like I said, it's a good yeah, of the weekend. I, I'm in total agreement. Solid B. Nothing too over the top. Nothing underwhelming. It was just all around good. Okay. Yep. Okay, Arrow. A Matter of Trust. Season 5, <laughs> Episode 3. No get on the line stuff this time. No, <laughs> thank goodness. Love this, but Love I'm this. I'm gonna I gotta say I I like this. It's Arrow and the Outsiders. It really yeah. is. I love it, and I love it. It's yeah. so cool. This is such a great yeah. idea for them, and a good way to change it up. You know, it's a um, mixed nut. I've been really enjoying this episode or this um, series. I mean, I, much more than last season so far. And oh only, yeah, I know it's only three episodes, but I mean the dynamics of the different crew members. You get a shout out to uh, Terry Sloan this episode. That was pretty awesome. Listen, this these last three are better than half the last of last season. Easily, I would say, for easily. Me. Uh, there's a new drug on the streets, guys. It's called Stardust. <gasps> I know they seem to keep having a new. Dr- That's good marketing. Yeah. Does it make you sing street. though? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it makes you want to read Neil Gaiman. Anyway, <laughs> oh maybe. <laughs> book called Stardust. Anyway. A wild dog, being the the young hothead that he is, uh, goes out on his own to try to uh, prove. He's trying to prove him, uh, prove himself to, to Arrow, but he goes out alone instead to take down the Stardust dealer named Samson. Okay, not real subtle naming on the guy here. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, everybody thinks that after the the drug bust goes bad, it turns out that the guy who fell in the vat, or one of the guys who died, 
uh, during the raid of Wild Dogs, totally messed up the DA, whose name is Adrian Chase. That's all I'm going to say there. I'm um, saying it made me stop. Me too. Went, me too. I was like, what? Adrian Chase? What you, I didn't recognize what, that name. What you saying? But the new DA, who's very strident, kind of like Harvey Dent in the first uh, um, um, Nolan Batman movie. you know. But with more balls. Yes, more balls for sure. He was about to flip one of the guys to inform on Samson and take down the whole crew and the supplier, mm-hmm. but Wild Dog messed it all up. Yeah, dick. Uh, everybody assumes that Samson died by falling into this vat of drugs, but actually just turned him into a killer the... super zombie guy. Oh, oh but... I thought he became the Joker. No. No, he, <laughs> he didn't overact uh, as much as the Joker. He was more of a bro dude than the Joker. Uh, he was in the sure theater. <laughs> he reminded me of, uh, what was the other one that Barry had to fight? Remember Barry had to fight his nemesis when he was a kid and he got powers? And he he was in uh, he was stalking uh, Iris. Oh, right. Grant Gerder, I think it yeah, was. Yeah, it was Gerder because he ended up showing up on iZombie too as a zombie. Total bro, 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 he dude. He, yeah, he was. Um, he was. Uh, um, what's her face's boyfriend who gets killed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in iZombie. Totally remind me of that. Liv, Liv's, Liv's boyfriend. He's but such a bro, dude. We uh, we get this cool see uh, uh, where they're about to do the autopsy on Samson, and it kind of <laughs> wakes him up a little bit, but he's super strong and doesn't feel any pain. So he's coming back to get his gang and say, look, we're all going to do this. We're all going to be super strong. We're all not going to feel pain. And, you know, huzzah. So it's just kind of like the Mirakuru uh, soldiers mm-hmm. that we had you know, back in the day on Arrow. Um, while this is going on, uh, a TV reporter totally plays Thea after downing her on her show. And then coming, you know, Thea tries to make things better and instead makes things worse because they're bringing on Quentin Lance, who's a known you know, alcoholic, to be deputy mayor. The whole time she's talking to her, too, I'm just like, why are you, are you really that dumb? She's, she's a journalist. Felicity gets a lead on Samson's location while that bit of drama's going on. He's going back to the drug factory. Uh, Oliver decides to take the team out with him. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome. We get to see Curtis in his Mr. Terrific costume, and he talks about how Fair Play <laughs> was this guy, this wrestler, Terry Sloan. He was so good. Yeah, you know, he, he name checked Terry right. Sloan, dude. Okay, you're who if you don't he know. Did. He's, he's he's origi- he did. He's the original. He was the original Mr. Terrific in Golden right. Age comics. I'm sorry, go right. ahead. Well, he's a little bit of a like I have to get used to this version of Mr. Terrific cuz he's more of a goofball. Right. Than the comic version I'm so used to reading. Like he's that other Mr. Terrific is like Batman but not as mean. Yeah, or like Reed Richards, like super smart, right. Um, right. You know, always constantly creating new inventions and stuff. But more of a people person. But right. so it's, I get to get used to it. But it's just weird seeing him with the, and then I had to get used to the look too, because him braiding his hair back when you he know, becomes. You know what though? Uh, I'm okay with right. that. I thought the T thing on his face turned out well. I was worried more about the T thing was fine. I, I thought think the T thing looked better yeah. than, than Diggle's the, helmet. You know? The T thing was fine. <laughs> it's just it's just got to be a pain in the ass every time you change. You got to right. do your hair. Um, I like the wild dog thing. It's right out of the comic. Um, yeah, wild dog is perfect. Yeah, it's like, like that's, that's, picture perfect out of the comic. Even the blue T shirt and everything. Um, the new canary is fine. Of course, we talked about how much we love the way they did Ragman. Um, right, so. right. Well, that will change. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that uh, canary will eventually look a little bit more like the comic version when she earns it. Right. They um they get into a huge fight with Samson's gang, and uh, you know kind of 
the uh, while you know while Arrow uh, keeps Samson busy and good core, fight choreography this time too. I thought, but yes. with him. Very good. Um, you know, he like puts an arrow through him. It doesn't do anything to him. He just kind of smiles. Uh, the other team decides to blow up the rest of the drugs because that's a good plan. It always works. Sure. And, <laughs> and although there were a few snags in the plan, they escape. The the cool part was he stops this guy who feels no pain and and you know uh, and also you know feels no wounds or whatever by taking out his tendons and saying you know you may not be able to feel it but you need your tendons to walk. <laughs> <laughs> he did such a kung fu moment. That was such that a was, kung was fu cool. moment. Yes, that I was love badass. that. It also hey. kind of reminded me of the end of Batman Begins, where he's like, you know, I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you either. I don't have to save you. He, yeah. he did have a Batman moment because when they walked away, <laughs> finally they all walk away. How we just cracking it up? Blows up and nobody looked like, back. It was a good back. cheesy though, because everybody walked cheese. away, and then Oliver's the last one to leave, and it just stops him, and he does slow mo walk yeah. like. Everybody. But it was, was good like, cheese. Who do you think you are, Denzel no, 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 Washington? Good. Right. It was. <laughs> it was good cheese, but I'm saying it was so cheesy. But it was that. It was that superhero cheesy. It was great. That, uh, that's I'm sorry, good. I loved it. I. I yeah. yeah. Oh, Only thing oh, missing oh. was a cape, like flying <laughs> in the. Flying in the background. That was a big, the you know, as, thing. as cheesy as that was, I'll bring the crackers yeah. and the knife, man, because that was that was, that good was awesome. I like it. They, they yeah, I it off so well. Like he just did his thing. Like it was so good. On uh, in uh, subplot beach, uh, Oliver has a yeah. press conference and he uh, says, you know, the buck stops here. And uh, yes, I'm bringing Quentin Lance as my deputy mayor. Uh, we have Felicity, who had a lot of guilt about Haven Rock, which is where Ragman is from. Right. Like everyone he knows that Haven Rock was killed, and she still thinks it's her fault, even though she saved millions of you know lives, and you know even though thousands died, she saved millions. So, but she did own up to it. She told him, and then we get this this thing with Diggle in prison with Deadshot, who was dead in this universe last season, right, or season before yeah. even. He's he been died dead. in that. Yeah. Yeah. He died, he died before Suicide Squad got announced right. or whatever. And then Diggle's having this, like, long conversation with him as the episode goes on, kind of soul-searching. It turns out he's been in the cell by himself the whole time. Bum, bum, bum. I just went, I threw up my hand. That was the only part where I threw up my hand and went, get out of here with this. Yeah, that was... I rolled my eyes a little bit. Oh, Oh, no. You don't need this. It would have been more interesting to have him, like, actually have been there and been alive and, you know, showing up later in the episode or, you know, later on in the season, you know? Oh. But the episode ends with Lila showing up. Oh, with um, um, Oliver takes the uh, the new kids to the Arrow Cave for the first time. Except for Mr. Terrific. He's like, okay, I know. It's a little awe-inspiring at first, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then just as soon as they're all, like, looking around inside the Arrow Cave and, you know, he's, like, actually trusting them or whatever, in walks Lila. Great security there, by the way. And um, right. says, uh, we have to break John out of jail. Dun dun dun! Another prison break episode. And that's when he says, "But I'm not doing it if he got that stupid helmet. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen." Oh, we also um, uh, Felicity's boyfriend said, said had a meeting with Arrow to tell him that um, about the Prometheus thing with Church. Yeah, I just think he's just gonna get killed. Yeah, I think he will eventually too. I mean, <laughs> you're just not gonna make. I think Oliver is not gonna be able to save him. It'll be something where Oliver can't save him. He gets killed, and Felicity will blame and, him for him dying. 
You know it, see? Yeah. You know you read yeah. the script. Hey, man, you, know. you and I can do this in our sleep. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> we know what's gonna happen. That is a CW He's going to get killed, and Arrow won't be able to save him in time, and she's going to blame him for his death. And, and it's that formula Daryl was talking about. It's the formula. It's yeah. totally the formula. It tastes good, though. <laughs> okay, uh, I give this episode an A minus because I like the team. I like the Arrow and the Outsiders. I want to see more of this. This team I like better than the team in Legends. Yeah, I give this an A minus. I just take off a little bit for CWness here and there. Yeah, yeah, they do work better. Than, oh, they work way better than Legends. No doubt. Well, there's a whole point of that. I mean, JSA. Uh-huh. Well, we'll get to that in a minute here. Yeah. Well. What do you think, Chubb? Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed the episode. I think as much as you, I I I give it a B. I mean, it it was about the same level of quality as the Flash episode. Yeah, just, B plus. Yes, B plus for yeah. me. Yeah, I'm all in. Okay, and now the second season for a uh, second episode of Legends of Tomorrow, titled The Justice Society of America. I'm gonna walk off now. Are you gonna walk off? You weren't happy because. With this one. Uh, no, I, I was. It, what made me mad was that there was parts where it was so good, and then there, and then there were parts where uh, there were there were too many parts where uh, uh, Ray speak spoke, and then I was or the like, vixen spoke. She or had the no vixen personality spoke. at all. Or I or, agree. No, I just real quick. Um, I can't remember the actress's name. I know her first name is Megalyn, uh, who played vixen before. I know she's on another show or whatever. Shut she it had back. so much more personality yep. than this, this yep. actress did. This actress is just, like, very stoic and cold, you know? I mean, well, you other... saw what happened, right? You, you, we, we know what happened. They, they, they did the quick mm-hmm. recast because yeah, they yeah. found out that they could get her back. I, I totally uh, get that, but, like, this new actress, I just... She was, like, the weak link in the chain from everything. You know what they did? They got her from the same place they got the the Hawkeye. I mean, uh, the Hawks from. (laughs) Yeah, the the Hawks actors were like, "Hey, I know a guy. I know this woman." Because it's the same kind of. I will just read the lines as as I'm in my superhero pose, and I will not react in any kind of human like way. And I guess guess Ray Palmer really has a type. He does. Oh my god. Yeah, I (laughs) I thought that too. You know what makes me so sad? about Ray is that he was written so well yes. in Arrow. And, well. and when they put him in the lady friend of mine, we, we, she watches it too. And she said, one of the things that annoys her is for somebody that to, to build up their own uh, million dollar company, multi-million dollar company and be an inventor and all of this stuff. And then to be a buffoon, on, on legends like he like he's been betrayed. It's just sad. Like and it, that, it, that was and that's the perfect term, buffoon. He yeah. is a buffoon. I and I love I and well yeah, but even in Arrow we had comedic moments with him. It was right. he would he would let it, he would put a little bit of lightness on a scene that might just yes. have to be a little but, serious. But, but it wasn't him but but it wasn't him doing something he's supposed to be the smartest guy in the room. Yes. If he truly is the smartest guy in the room, he wouldn't do some of the stupid things he does. Or well, now we're eating the team. Now, I mean, some, oh, no, wait a minute, real quick. 
I mean, you can chalk, I liked it when they chalked it up to kind of his innocence and kind of his naivete and the fact that he's mostly in a lab and a lab rat and really didn't like interact with people very much. Mm-hmm. When it was written like that, I thought it was really cool, but I totally agree with Daryl. The way they write him now is just, it's kind of insulting to the character knowing how he's supposed to be so smart and everything. They've kind of passed all actor. that. And the actor is much better than that. I mean, my God, yeah. Scott Pilgrim, he was yeah. awesome. He was, yeah. he was, you know, I mean, he's done a lot of good work. And I Mike well then, Mike. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Mike and Mary something make a porno. Zach and Mary, Mary make, a make a porno. He, he was, was hilarious. hilarious in yeah, that movie. Yeah, he was. He was totally still not a buffoon. The, you yeah. know, it all comes down to no. He, he, was he knows. He knows comedic timing. He knows. He's very good. It's it's the right. right. His strength. For don't sure. like. They feel the need to write down all the legend characters for some reason. Especially when they meet other superheroes, I get that they want to show them that they're not as polished as other teams are. Good, you could that that, that perfectly. I understand that perfectly. It works. But write them as misfits that aren't gelling yet. But don't write them as people who are just like the Three Stooges. Like they're writing them like they're just all over the place. Like they've never been in fights before. They've never been in superhero battles before. Like it's. It's like everything that they remembered, all the continuity that they've had since they before they even got on this this show is gone, and now they are just completely inept in anything that they're doing. Well, we kind of see that up to the very beginning. Bothers me, hell out as, of me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. One of the cool parts for me, anyway, was at the very beginning with JSA taking down the legends. I mean, we're mm-hmm. watching them work together and stuff. But like, and the way they kind of showed each one's powers in a visual way, without having to say, "I, you know, I'm Doctor Midnight, and I can see in the dark." Blah, 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 you know, or, <laughs> I'm Obsidian, yeah. you know, having to like have all the exposition or whatever. They just they were able to show all the powers rather than tell, right? And that, that I appreciated. Uh, well, how do you guys totally. think? What do you think about the costume designs? It looked like it should look because the the thing with the JSA, these are people like are putting costumes together on their own. These are not people that are paid, you know, like they don't have tailors coming in. So it should have that kind of look of, of you know, these are just people that want to do the right thing and be, you know, and, and, and you know, fight war. You know, they wanted to join and, and then fight the Nazis and all that kind of stuff. So they should have that kind yeah. of homemade costume look. It, right? Well, and the thing is, to me, and this is why I loved it so much, because this is one of my favorite moments in cinema, it, it reminded me of the opening title sequence of The Watchmen, and I uh, of all those looking back at the flashbacks of them in their early days. It, it made me think of that, and that's it, I, I loved it. I thought right. it was great. It kind of looks like repurposed athletic equipment or repurposed uniform right. stuff, like especially Commander Steel's. Mm-hmm. Like it looked yeah. like a repurposed jumpsuit from you know like a, a paratrooper or something you know, right? Um, they lock they lock up the legends in a in a cage, which is kind of weird because they could have gotten that at any point. Exactly. But uh, Haywood, it turns out our analog Gideon uh, Nate Haywood is Commander Steel's grandson, and that's how he is able to have Commander Steel's dog tags, and JSA right. uh, give them a nominal amount of trust, but it seems like they still don't trust them whether they're time travelers in the future or not. You know? No, they they just think they're weirdos. Yeah, they definitely do, and they're kind of think <laughs> they might be dangerous as well. Um, right. They say, "Hey, it's cool. We've met our man before. He told us not to come here to 1942, but we did anyway." And Rex Tyler's like, "I don't know these people," so the, obviously it was another timeline, 
Right. right. Well, and and we, I we, like we get proof the... of that at the end. Where we, um, yeah. Uh, so they explain that they're time travelers, and he shows them the dog tags, and that kind of, like I said, gets them out of the out of the cage. Um, Rex decides to give him a shot, and he assumes that Stein is the leader immediately. Because how could a female assassin be a leader, or how could the black dude be a leader? Or, you know what I mean? Or how could no. how could how could anyone else in the group be the leader but the originally white guy, old old white guy? <laughs> it was a nice little call out with Usher, with Usher. Yeah, when he said that, he's like, "Yeah, because you're the old white guy." Because they picked it. Yeah, it's the forties. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, Reverse Flash is in Nazi Germany doing some having some fun. Give some super so, super serum he's been working on. Now, here's what I wanted to know. Is this the same stuff that was in the Stardust and Arrow? Because it looked the same. It was that kind of glowy blue. Good question, though. I like was wondering that myself. And, you know, they could be related to that stuff. I was thinking it could be related because he gave that one dude superpowers or whatever. Kind of mutating them a lot. Same, you know. But everyone knows Baron Krieger is Captain Nazi, if you know that from your comic book uh, history. And if you dun, haven't, dun, dun, dun. if you didn't know that, then I, what are they teaching you in schools? I don't know. I I don't know. But um, they the uh, JSA has a job to stop uh, Baron Kruger and and uh, Paris. Like you said, it just it, it doesn't seem written right. He's uh, like, gosh, golly, old G guys. Well, the hour man, oh, boy, this is the JSA. This is so stuff. cool, Nazis um, and stuff. Tell the president I like the New Deal. I'm a fan of the New Deal. Really. So, when he called the president, I was like, "What did you shut I just wish somebody had just smacked him in his face. Like, you didn't act like this before. Well, the, the New Deal was pretty epic, Daryl. You don't yell on the phone when you're on the phone with the president. You're not even supposed to be there. Yep, supposed to just make his little, little, it's like the prime directive in Star Trek. You're supposed to make as little an impact as you can. Exactly. Calm your ass down. Uh, when they leave for 1942, it turns out that Haywood's uh, dart tags disappear. And uh, that means history has changed. It doesn't mean he lost the dart tags. No. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Back. You lost like, the dog tags. Did you look in your room? Did you look in your dresser right. before we go back in time again? Right. <laughs> I just like the somewhat subtle yet slammed in our face homages to Back to the Future through this episode. And this being the first one. It turns out to um the it turns out in his notes that the JSA had never returned from that 1942 mission. Baron Krieger killed them all. Damn it! So legends do have to go back to save the JSA and therefore you know save uh, Commander Steele and keep the timeline intact so Nick Haywood can be Nate Haywood can be born or whatever. So they go to Paris and Stein tries to pass himself off as Max Lorenz, Germans' favorite singer, um, and the rest go undercover to try to find out what Krieger is after and get rid of it. The whole part with him trying to impersonate the singer was kind of lame. I just did not. Oh my that God. Was, was the just next weird. subtle, but yet slammed in our face. Tomorrow. Well, that was the next. Uh, that's another CW trope of an actor can sing. Give them a chance to sing. Yeah. Hey, I mean, he's probably standing around one day. Hey, you know I can sing like Max Lorenz. All right. If we ever do World War II, you know. He sang well. Yeah, it was fine. I don't give a damn. Anyway, Ray it's... won't. Ray won't salute Hitler. No, and that's what started. I had a problem. Oh, totally, I did too. I mean, I I get where he's coming from, but you're undercover. That means that you might have to do something that doesn't fit your moral. It's not like he's asking you to kill your partner or something. Exactly, like in some undercover cop movie or whatever. He's asking Mm -hmm. you to put your arm up. 
I mean, it, it, uh, it was the most dumbest reason for him. And to- nobody calls him on it. Like, no <laughs> one says, we have a, listen, like, you, Adam, all of us are not taking it seriously. We have got to to do better. You know, like, we, 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 we've pretty much been just tripping our way into getting things done. Right. Ray is the weakest link, and it pisses me off that he's the weakest link because I really. If anything, you know what? You know what I'm sick of? Why the hell isn't the only one who who makes the hard choices and is more mature than all of them put together? Why isn't White Canary the one that's doing the that's the leader? Yeah, I thought they already oh. determined that she was the leader in like the last right. episode. That's know? what I thought. Like no, she's when, pretty when Rip much isn't around. She's supposed to be the pilot, right? She's pretty much t- taken the the hand of everyone in there and kind of, you know, when things need to get done, she pretty much just makes the decision. So, Dar- and then Darryl, when things, Darryl, hmm? you're forgetting, you're forgetting. She's on. Oh, right. You can't, can't have her be the one in charge. Uh, Sarah notices that Nate Haywood is a hemophiliac. Future plot point. And, right. uh, <laughs> and so they go to, uh, to stop Baron Krieger in this, uh, you know, help the JSA with their mission. Vixen and Ray get taken hostage, right. and Ray is forced to tinker with the genetic uh, um, mutator, mutating serum, I guess we could call it. Yes. Um, and he, he says later they made it better. But the version that, of Thon's serum that got into Krieger turned him into pretty much the Hulk. So... <laughs> um, he, anyway, Ray Ray uh, make, makes more of the Thon serum to save their lives. Right. Um, he, you know, he already has a high tech suit. You showed off of that or whatever. It was um, funny. He looks so funny though, running around in the big hulky. So we get a big okay. argument with uh, with um, the, the legends, and they're arguing about what to do next and how to help. And and uh, Gray can't get it together, and he says, finally, you know, Sarah should be in charge. You know, finally. Yeah. After knew that from Dutch from right? Jump. Yeah, we already knew that. But, uh, <laughs> I should be in charge. Why would you be in charge, fool? You never fought in your life. Like you, you are smart. You're the tech dude. You, you're the. You know, we need you for the science and stuff. Right. right. You're great for that. But why in the world do you think you need to be leader? You cannot be in a in a in a fight or flight situation and be able to call out, you know, tactics. That's not you. So stop trying to be that way. He's more like the advisor to the king and not the king. Right. You just have knowledge that they can call on in a minute, in a moment's notice. You know, give me that information. Um, while, while they leave, they leave Ray alone for a moment, and he explains to to Vixen that he has made some of this antidote. His um, his suit isn't working for some reason, and her amulet's been taken away. Right. Uh, even though she says she's a black belt and stuff. You're no hero, Ray. Yeah, you're no hero. Um, just as he's about to inject himself, though, Krieger gets all of them on the move again, and the legends have shown up, and the teams fight their way past a bunch of Nazis, they find Ray and Vixen, and Vixen gets their amulet back. Um, outside, Commander Steel is fighting Krieger, and then almost gets hit by him, but his grandson speeds them both away on a vintage motorcycle, until bombs fall out around them. One takes out Krieger... But also one also hits you know Nate Haywood and he goes back to Gideon. Not even Gideon's advanced science can help patch him up. Yeah, it could repair everyone else who's gone through all types of injuries except 
this one. Right. This you can't you can't right. you know, alter his blood or whatever. Right. So Ray's like, oh, I still have that serum or whatever. Maybe I could. <gasps> maybe I should just stab it into him since he's gonna die anyway. <laughs> what? Then voila, it stabilizes him. It was um, a little too easy, in my opinion. Well, the legends finally get out of there, and Haywood and Commander still have a nice, uh, you know, reminiscing moment or whatever. Um, the MacGuffin that started the whole thing, the Hitler's amulet or whatever, Rex puts it away because they got it back from Hitler's. Uh, but Reverse Flash shows up and says, uh, "No, that he was like I'm, he was musing to himself something about uh, you know time travelers or whatever." And he, he said, "No, that was the version of you I erased like this," and he erases Rex. Uh, it prevents Rex from moving forward in the timeline by kill, by um, killing him. And just as he's dying. Uh, Vixen comes in and he gasps the word "time traveler" and then dies. So now they can blame them. I, I'm assuming. All right, this gets a solid C plus, and the only positive I give it is because I like the GSA. In fact, I would prefer that they take White Canary and take Ursher and uh, the scientist dude and uh, get rid of Ray. We put him back on Arrow so they can fix him. It's weird that Mick really has nothing to do anymore. Like, yeah. he just points his nope. gun and, like, runs and stuff. Yeah, he's just there. He's, just, he's basically just there. He, but, he really doesn't anything. But I really, I really like Mick, and I, I, I still want him around somewhere, just well, like, good, you know, Captain Cold. He's a good character, just he's underwritten. A, I mean, we talked before he, about yeah. having these ensemble casts and everybody getting their moment. I mean, like, Walking Dead is yeah. a good example of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, just, it seemed like there were only a few members of the Legends who even had anything to do this time. I would have jumbled it up a little bit more. I would have had Mick stay with, stay with Captain Cold. And and if you're not going to do that, then I would have had them both off the team and have and bring on someone else. But I I wouldn't have uh, because he's just lost without they don't know how to write him without Captain Cole there. Well, they said I've read that, like, I think the Vixen is supposed to be end up being a member of the Legends. Um, So I don't know what's going to happen there. It better be the original something as little. Chemistry mm. as he had with the the actress playing Kendra in the Ohio uh-huh. Girl, he has even less chemistry with this actress. Oh, he had none. And like oh, this, yeah. she was just I don't know I don't know if she was trying to go for like a Wonder Woman type thing or or what, but it, she was very stoic and just very her mm-hmm. lines very you know very rotely and it's almost it. like she you she should have put her hands on her hips and said it like she had a cape on like that's the way that she right said the lines like trying to be overly you know heroic in her in her the way that she does it or or she's trying to do the i'm a i'm in a strange land i don't know your culture or something like she almost said things like she wasn't familiar with it but that doesn't that's not the right take if you're going undercover in europe right you know fighting the nazis you know how to deal with people so you shouldn't be awkward like right. the, it, but she does she does come off awkward and i think that's that's on directing that's their fault yeah i like, think it's the writing too though i mean she, it's the writing too I mean, and, it's, it, and some of it ultimately has to fall on the actress she doesn't you know putting a lot of charisma into that role you know what i mean that's too, but you gotta you gotta make the actress give you what you need if not then you recast that's the yeah, thing though right. but you know you you have to do that or else you recast it, once on this i mean Gotta do what you gotta do. No don't. Matter I'd rather it be right than 
you know, you have a mixed bag like we have on this show. I think this is still the now, Arrow's not the weakest show anymore. No, uh, it's Arrow's not. The, Arrow's one of the best shows right now. Arrow's one of the best. Legends is very weak right now. Yeah. It's one of the weakest links still. And it's it's weird because But it's not as bad as last season, I don't think. Well, it's, I, it's weird I agree it's still the weakest, but not as bad. Oh, go ahead, Jim. Thanks. I was just gonna say that, you know, it's it's weird because it's giving us parts of what we wanted to see. We wanted to see a bigger right. slice of the DCU. We right. wanted to see them kind of travel through time more. You know, right. things like that. But then the other parts are just not gelling. Like the, the characters, mm-hmm. you know, are really are not there and except for yeah, it's frustrating. Few, and a few uh examples there, but Yeah, it's pretty frustrating yeah, to see is. that. It's there, but it's not there. It's like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the parts are there, but they're just not, you know, moving together. Exactly. Well, they should be. Mm-hmm. That's uh, why I agree with Daryl. It's definitely a C plus. I mean, yeah. And see, I give it a B minus just because I'm such a huge JSA fan. It was cool to see them. I mean, they're, they're the only good. They're the only reason why they're on the board. Freaking obsidian. Well, I was tickled all through this episode. I really, there was a lot I enjoyed, but there was just like you said, just so many beats that were not really together yeah. with yeah. the rest of it. it just yeah it was good and bad at the same time mm-hmm. i'm hoping it'll be i'm hoping it'll get stuff together just a, a couple of real quick news bits and then we're out of here um steve dillon who co-created preacher uh, so sad. Has passed away at 54 that's really young and uh, i mean he was an artist on hellblazer and the punisher and, and so many things but preacher, you, but preacher, yeah, like, yeah, like I said, preacher is probably what he's best known for. Mm-hmm. Um, Warner Brothers is about to be bought by AT and T. Crazy for like fifty-eight billion dollars. It's like yeah. the biggest, one of the biggest acquisitions ever. You got Very the numbers crazy. backwards. It's eighty-five, 85 billion dollars. Sorry, to, to yeah. buy yeah. Time Warner. Yes. Oh, now you're talking real money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You you and your fifty eight billion just go it's back. Just home. Change. It's just change. It's just change. If that's all you got, then you ain't got nothing. Uh, we got the uh, um, oh, Arrow started being syndicated on TNT in the afternoons now, which I watched while I was away. I watched some of it uh, <laughs> while I was in uh, in the hotel room. I wanted to mention that. Also, I think that Justice yeah. League action got pushed back because it has yet to debut. It's supposed to come out in October. So. Mm. Um, yeah. We got uh, live footage uh, from Katie Lotz's phone from Arrow 100. All right. Uh, the 100th episode uh, celebration for Arrow. That was kind of cool. And then finally, just a really cool note here. Mark Hamill was taking... They took some pictures of him on the on the set of uh, The Flash. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And maybe post-Flashpoint Trickster looks more like the Joker? Interesting. Sure sounds like it. Hamill's, <laughs> Hamill's like my favorite Joker. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Heath Ledger, you did a great job too, but you know, no, I, I agree. I would. I that that has just got me over the moon. I could, I'd love to see him play a live action version. Well, I break him up. I I go by the voice and the live action. He's the, my favorite uh, voice actor for Joker. Well, it's like Maybe he could, oh, okay. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, when I read the Joker in comics now, I think he has exactly. voice. Or Batman, yeah. I think of Kevin Right, Conroy. he has the voice. Yeah, he has the definitely. voice. The, yeah, he definitely has the voice. That's awesome. Uh, I hope that is the case. So we'll see you next week right. on the DC TV Podcast. Thank you so guys for joining me. I appreciate it. If you are into geeky podcasts, I imagine you would be because you're still here listening to this one. Uh, by all means, check out the Taylor Network of Podcasts, hosted by the man, the myth, the legend himself. You've been listening to him. 
for a bit now, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Thank you, sir. Um, so many uh, great podcasts there. Gotham by Geeks is the, the latest one, the Batman-centric. Uh, you got No Apologies, of course. Nothing's on. JK's Happy Hour. Go Trek Yourself. If you're a geek and you like to listen to podcasts, then go there because you will find one. Uh, also, if you're into other TV like The Walking Dead um, or other TV shows or other geeky stuff, then go to hhwlod.com. Uh, Half Hour Wasted is there. We also have the Walking Dead TV podcast there, which we're about to get ready to record in a little less than a half hour. Oh, yeah. Thanks oh, a lot. brutal. Hey, thanks for doing double duty for me, guys. I really appreciate it. I know I said oh. duty. <laughs> <laughs> but hhwlod.com is where you want to go for that. I want to throw in a plug real quick for Alpha Dads on yeah. uh, on Facebook. Johnny M's new uh, uh, go, uh, Going Concern is a group. It might be a podcast soon. It's uh, it's on the Facebooks. So I'll come Alpha Dads. If you grew up uh, an 80s or 90s kid, I was an 80s kid, uh, you would definitely appreciate the stuff there. It's just, you know, regular dad stuff for geeky dads. It's cool. So That's right. Scope it out. So until next week, uh, thanks, guys, once again for joining me for DC TV Podcast. Uh, and we are Ghost. Good night. Night. All right, let me go re re up. Yeah, I gotta re up re up too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, see you guys in a few. All right.
Yeah.